Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, so today is June 19, 2015, and this is our second training call for the 10-week class. So, welcome back, Ellen. <laughs> you. So, what discoveries or questions or comments do you have at this point that may be accumulated over the week? You know, what I noticed more than anything was how powerfully animals came into my life. Uh, just before we began last week, I saw some, I won't go into all the details unless you you need to hear, but just an amazing, powerful mother raccoon rem- energy. Mm-hmm. And then I had asked you about meat eating last time, and we talked about predator and prey. Okay, yeah. Literally, the moment we hung the phone up at the end of the session, I looked over to my glass doors, and a Sparrow came in so fast, and I ended up with an enormous hawk on my back deck, maybe 10 feet away from me, mm-hmm. who, you know, I just froze and watched the whole 20-minute event of lunch, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was so powerful, and I have never, ever been so close to a large bird like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> me the whole time. And, you know, I, I have to say, in spite of intention, I never got to my homework because I ended up living with five dogs in my home for the week. Okay. And, you know, so there was just this sort of outpouring of <laughs> animal energy. Mm-hmm. And that would lead me to um, what might perhaps be a question. I I felt... I. I I practiced more with all these dogs who were under my care. Yes, maybe they were your homework. (laughs) They were my homework. Uh They're they're both my daughter's dogs who ended up leaving town suddenly without dogs. So I know them well. Um, And most of them were very, very easy to communicate with and, you know, eager, eager to give me that answer of, within your energy field, what is it that you've wanted me to know? Mm-hmm. And then there's one dog. I I just couldn't really get anything from. I, I okay. mean, I, and, and I'm trying not to make it too big a deal of this, but I, I do on the aside note that that's true in um, daily life. Uh, my dog is fierce with this dog. She never hurts her, but she clearly considers her out of order okay. and, you know, has always got her on the ground with her teeth barred, like, stop acting that way towards me. Okay. And I just could not. It, it was just like there was nothing there. 
Okay, okay. So what I'm getting when I ask the universe, what do we need to know here, is that that dog wasn't feeling brave enough to speak with you. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, the animal's energy, of course, and their thoughts and feelings and emotional state can influence their energy field. Sure, all the information is in the energy field of that dog anyway. So nine times out of ten, you can generally access the information anyway, even if they're not on board and doing any sort of, you know, uh, being more aware of the fact that you're there or that you're asking something of them in their energy field or that you're even, you know, trying or not trying to communicate with them. So, but, but that is the reply that I get from the universe. She just wasn't, she or he just was not really available is the word yeah. they tell me. Okay. And that doesn't mean that next time you try again, the dog won't be. It might have been where he or she was operating from in that moment and that might have been you know, part of the picture. I will say oftentimes when it comes to not getting anything, more often than not it's an issue on the person's end than the animal's yeah. end. Um, uh-huh. But apparently in this case it had a lot to do with where she was emotionally. Okay, thank you. Because I, you know, I, I, my, my assumption was it was me. And yet... Knowing this dog, it would make sense that she, it would be on her end. Okay. Yes, at least this time. And, you know, when she's back in her home environment, you may want to do that exercise again. And you may find it's a totally different thing. She might have fell out of her element. Or uh, I've had instances, and I'm not saying this is what what it was, but just to Mm -hmm. give you an alternate example, I've had instances where some animals in the household will not allow other animals to be spoken to until the more dominant animals get talked with first. Okay. Ah, so that may or may not be a piece, but that that is sometimes something that comes up. So Okay. It's okay. not pretty it's not common. I once did an in person session with a, a gal who I went to a gal's house and she had a whole bunch of people there and they all came separate one at a time into a room and brought photos of the animals they wanted chatted with. So this woman brought a photograph of one of her horses, and I said, this being is telling me he is not allowed to communicate with us until the other horse in the pasture, who is the king of that pasture, gets to speak first. Well, the women laughed, and they said, well, we were going to have him spoken with second, but since he insists on going first, okay. And once we spoke with him, we were then allowed to speak with the other horse. I don't get that often, but on occasion, that's how the dynamics play out. Okay. I, I, I've noted that. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Good. All right. Other discuss- that's discoveries that's or questions? My end. <laughs> What's that? That's it from my end. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, good. I'm glad the animals are kind of coming out of the woodwork for you then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we're open and ready, the learnings come. So, and our animals are our teachers. Awesome. All right, well, let's go ahead and do this. I do want to do um, a different sort of very quick, minute-long guided meditation. I know you're very used to these, but I want to teach you this one that spreads you out instead of teaches you to go into the roots, into the earth. Um, It's just an alternate one, and different people have different experiences, of course, with different ways of using their energy in order to um, become present and centered. So I want to teach you this in case it serves you. Okay? 
Thank you. Uh Sure. So let's both of us take a deep breath, relax, close our eyes. And as you exhale, just become aware of your own aliveness, your own energy within your body. And know that your energy field is actually far bigger than the confines of your physical form. It goes out around you in layers. Many people refer to this as the aura or the different energy levels or energy fields. And, you know, a lot of people have the idea that the energy body or the soul or spirit is held within the body. What if it's the other way around? What if the body is held within the soul or the spirit? And what if we could actually expand our energy out which with every level of greater expansion, and we'll do this in a second, allows us to become more aware of our own centered state, which is the center point, if you will, within the energy. So within your energy field, see if you can get a sense of just as you're sitting here resting, where the most outward level of the farthest away energy field of you exists. Is it a few feet away? Is it all the way to the wall on the far side of the room? Just notice. It feels pretty out there. Okay. Is it within the room or beyond the room, do you think? Beyond the room. Beyond the room? Okay. I want you to sense the farthest reach of that, and I want you to expand it through your will even bigger in all directions. And I want you to fill it until it fills the space of your entire town. And then the surrounding towns or cities. And now as big as the state of Colorado. And expand even further to encompass the entire continental U.S. And the northern hemisphere southern hemisphere, everything, of course, below our feet, and everything above our heads, and expand bigger than this universe, than this galaxy. Earth, as a planet, exists within the Milky Way galaxy, so expand bigger than that. And as you're being expanded, I want you to bring your awareness back to center, And know that this is just another way of being centered and present. When we expand out, we tend to be extremely observant and aware of that which is going on within our energy field that really pertains to us. Things that don't pertain to us or through the law of attraction are attracted to us. They're not sticking to us or they're really not even coming too much into our awareness. The universe, the divine, tends to bring to our awareness or we tend to attract as well those things that serve us in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and open up your eyes and just know that's another way of being grounded. Because, yes, you are grounded to the earth, but you're also reminding yourself you're in oneness with all. Okay. And may I repeat back to you what I believe I just heard? So I yeah, can. Go ahead. And Ellen, if you look. could speak a little louder, you're, I don't know why your, your voice is real quiet. I, I have a quiet voice, and I try to hold my phone as far away as possible, so I shall stop that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was just asking if I could repeat back. So really, the more yeah. 
expanded I am while centered, in a way, the more protection and safety and ability I have. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, go right ahead and let me know when you feel good or complete. Yeah, I do. I do. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what I find is when animals or people are scared or wanting to hide or frightened, we tend to snap our energy fields very close to our bodies. Uh, One of my cats, Beetle Bailey, when one of the other cats who entered the house was giving him issues, he was amazing at being able to cross the room almost without being seen by the other cat, sometimes you know, completely without being other, other seen, ever seen. And part of that was he had this amazing ability to just contract his energy field and, you know, <laughs> not really be visible. So um, yeah. I tell beings when we get scared, yes, that may be what we do, but in reality you're actually going to be more aware of awarenesses that you could be having, new possibilities, more information on maybe what's going to better serve you, even in case, even in the, the realm of your physical safety, if you were to instead take a deep breath, relax, and expand out. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, sure. It's very helpful. Very mm-hmm. helpful. Excellent. All right, so let's dive into our content for today. So I want to talk about sending and receiving thoughts, how this happens, kind of like what it looks like. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend, you know, to be a professional understander of, you know, everything that's happening on the divine level, but I will interpret it in the best way that I've come to perceive it. And you can certainly, you know, leave what doesn't suit you and, and absorb that which does. So in my understanding... Thoughts can be relayed because they are tangible things. They're very subtle in energy. We talked about last time. We sense their own energy. We sense the energy of other animals. You did some of that with the dogs, it sounds like, that you you were taken care of. So since it's tangible, we cannot just sit and sense or focus and sense, but we can also transfer those thoughts from point A, us, to point B, a specific animal we intend to communicate with. It's actually very simple. The mechanism is already in place for us to communicate. The drive or the fuel that allows that communication is actually will. Okay, It's your desire to communicate, your willpower to communicate. It's the I intend to communicate or the I want to communicate or the I am going to talk with this animal now. It's just a very simple I'm choosing to do this. That's the fuel. Okay. Um, We always have access to that fuel, whether we're in our bodies or not in our bodies, which is why we can communicate with beings who don't have bodies at this time. The telepathic language is just as easily transferred to them back and forth because in reality, if they desire to communicate with us, their free will comes from their soul and they can do that. You know, sometimes people will ask, you know, is it harder to communicate with an animal that doesn't have a body, you know, that's deceased. I've not discovered it to be that way at all because of that reason. It's just Mm -hmm. desire that allows you to communicate. So when sending and receiving thoughts, I think of it this way. Telepathic information is an exchange, and it comes and goes from us and to us through our entire bodies. But I like to focus especially on our heart spaces, because when we communicate from a space of our heart, we're kind of reminding ourselves to be centered and calm and relaxed. 
Yes, we can do telepathic communication from our brains and our minds, but then we're a bit heady, and our own thoughts tend to filter in that muddies the waters of the communication that we're sending and sometimes receiving, well, definitely receiving, from the animals. So if you take a deep breath and you drop down and do all your communication from your heart space, most people find that that really serves them better and allows for accuracy. Now, I have done some exploring with my own body, which you might find tempted to do too, of dropping even further down into that of my liver. I once got information that I did a lot of communication from my liver, um, and so I did. I dropped further down and I communicated from there. To me, I discovered that it felt like a lot of hard work, <laughs> um, so I went back up to the, my heart space. But without having had that, trying it from the liver, seeing that, yeah, yeah it's still possible, um, it just reminds me that in reality our bodies are like satellite dishes. Our whole bodies, our whole energy field is able to transmit and receive. Okay? So if we're like radio towers, then every thought that we think, whether we're thinking to ourselves or thinking to a being, I want you to imagine we're like a radio tower and it goes out, out, out in all directions. Okay? If we're sitting there thinking to ourselves, we may think or assume that we're the only ones listening to ourselves. When in reality, your very relaxed pet, you know, who might look like it's asleep on the sofa, may be in a frame of mind where they are just centered, calm, relaxed, and just totally aware, even with their eyes closed, of what's going on around them. And that's why our pets can often pick up what we're thinking, whether it be about them or about ourselves or about, you know, just life in general. Okay. Our animals do not tune into us 24-7 and hear everything we're thinking because, frankly, it would drive them crazy. So <laughs> just like we humans, you don't, I mean, you, you may have a spouse or a child that you absolutely adore and you love, and yet do you want to listen to their thoughts all the time? Probably not, even given the choice. It would drive right. you bad. I, I mean, I love my boyfriend, but to listen to his thoughts and mine, oh, my gosh, that would be too much. Um, my point is the animals are spending, you know, Lyra, my black cat, told me 90% of my day, my waking day, is spent in a silent mind. So they're just pretty much available to hear an awful lot of what we think. So if the information goes out from around us, that also means that animals on the other side of the world that are in that state of aware, open awareness could actually be picking up our thoughts. Now, when we are communicating purposely with a specific animal, because of our will is deciding to do that, then our energy flows in that direction. But I don't want to say only in that direction. It continues to flow out all around us in a circular radius pattern. So other animals can pick that information up too. But that one animal you're purposely trying to communicate with will generally feel the uh, connection, the tuning in, the, wow, this person really wants to communicate with me. Not just anybody and everybody, but with me. Okay? So when we're receiving thoughts, we're like a radio tower that is uh, in between playing songs. Okay? We instead, when we're receiving, when we create that calm, quiet, centered space within our bodies, which relaxes our bodies, which relaxes our minds, relaxes our energy fields and opens us up, we create this void or space, if you will, of being so receptive to the thoughts of others. That's when they come in. So we can pick up, we can send, and we can receive. Pick up and we can send out. 
Now, if you want to hear animals, there's one thing, and only one very easy thing, that you really need to remember, aside from being calm and relaxed, which we talked about last time. This time, you need to add to that the idea of, I need to basically stop thinking when I'm done mm-hmm. asking an animal a question so that I can create that void or space to receive their thoughts. Now, the awesome thing is, Ellen, you don't have to create minutes worth of silent space because generally you ask the animals a question and their answers come through generally with lightning fast speed. They're very quick. They're right there. Okay. Sometimes before you're even done asking the question, the answer from the animal is already there because the energy flow of your intention behind the request or behind the question went to them a whole lot quicker than even your thoughts, which are a little bit slower paced than the energy got to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So people who have trouble hearing the animals, uh, often one of the things they're commonly doing is they are asking the animal a question and then they keep on thinking to themselves. Now, I'm going to state out loud an example of that so you understand. So if I was, like, pretending I'm connecting with Lyra, the black cat we spoke with last time, I call her name a couple of times in my head to get her attention, okay, so pretend I'm doing this all in my mind. So Lyra, Lyra, Lyra. And instead of me going into silence to see if, she is aware of me. See if I can sense her being aware of me. I would instead, what you don't want to do is Lyra, Lyra, Lyra. Okay, is this cat really thinking to me? Um, I'm going to ask her a question now. Okay, should I ask the question now? No, Danielle has not said I can go. Okay, maybe I should ask the question now. All right, Lyra, what's your personality like? Oh, was she going to really answer me? Did I really hear that? I think she said it was, she's a really nice cat, but I'm not really sure. Okay, so that's a very extreme, rather ridiculous way of um, giving you the example, but that's what you don't want to do because you're taking up all the space by putting output, output, output from you constantly, and instead you need to create that void. So here's what it would ideally sound like. Lyra, 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 what's your personality like? Okay, thank you. I got the word nice. Got it. Thank you. Any other ways of describing yourself? Okay, you're a queen. Okay, thank you. In what way are you a queen? I don't think I got that. I think I missed it. Can you repeat that? In what way are you a queen? Okay, okay, great. You're regal sometimes. Thank you. I got it. Can you tell the difference between the two? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Well well transmitted. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Good. Now, the awesome thing is we humans are already thinking with spaces or gaps or voids of space between our everyday thoughts. When we think to ourselves in our minds, we are thinking like we are talking out loud. There are pauses between each word, okay? So, honestly, that is enough time that, I don't know, how do you measure it, a quarter of a millisecond, eighth of a millisecond, however you measure that, is enough time to receive the transmission from the animal. What I generally tell people, though, when you're a beginner, you ask your question of the pet that the communicator asks you to, you know, so if I say ask her her personality, you would then echo that question to the cat yourself so that you are stepping into the role of being the communicator. Okay, so she told me that question. I'm going to repeat it in my mind. Lyra, what's your personality? And again, give yourself about five seconds. If you're waiting longer than five seconds to receive any sort of intuitive impression, chances are you missed what the animal said. And then you just want to go back and say, you know, Lyra, I probably missed your answer. Can you repeat that? Or just repeat the question, what is your personality? She'll resend it. Our animal friends tend to be very patient. They also have the general awareness of just how skilled we are 
they know when we're a beginner, um, and they know when we're not, so they will help us out. And all my animal family, I mean, they're, they're used to teaching people, so they're extremely patient. You will on occasion reach or communicate with the occasional animal who is like the occasional person who's like, I'm just going to give you uh, the answer a couple times and then I'm done. I'm going to move on because then I'm bored. <laughs> okay? So you don't want to doubt what you hear. Go with what you got, but ask for a repeat if you don't think you got anything or if you're really not sure on what you heard. It was kind of muddy. You want to ask for clarity. Does this make okay. sense? Yes, it does. Uh-huh. And I, so, I, I'm repeating the part to me that the, I'm repeating the part to myself that they're patient and it's fine to ask again. Oh yes, yes, that's very important mm-hmm. for us humans. We humans are used to quick, you know, but um, we got to be patient with ourselves and our process of opening to this skill. This is a new learning. It's learning how to ride a bike. You know, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be okay with falling down and scraping up our knees and, and getting up and being like, I just so didn't get that, and even getting doubtful or frustrated. It's par for the course, and when those emotions come up, you put your hand on your heart, you feel that emotion, and you say, I love you. You love yourself anyway. Okay? Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's do an exercise where we are going to practice creating an image in our mind's eye. Do you remember how during the first call I had said people receive intuitive impressions in different ways? I think it was point number seven mentioned. Some people get images or visuals. Other people will hear words or thoughts, or you can get the intuitive sense of smell or taste or feel or a sense of knowing. You don't know how you know what you know, but you know it, okay, or color or however it comes through to you. Frankly, it doesn't matter how it comes through to you. It just happens to be it comes through the most wide open channels that are at this time most wide open for you. And if I was teaching a class of, you know, 10 students, they're all going to have some variation of that. Might one, one might have only visuals through the majority of the class, and another person might have visuals and words. The other person might only get feelings or knowingness. The one is not better than another. It just means that's what's widest open. I will tell you, with time and practice, the other channels will open as well. Um, for okay. me personally, I experienced a lot of visuals and a lot of words right from the get-go. My first class, sense of smell and taste um, came for me much, much later on, probably a year into doing the practice. Mm-hmm. So we're going to practice the visual, and then afterwards I'll explain when you would use visuals with animals. So let's start with this. So with your eyes closed, feeling your feet upon the ground and your body relaxed, your elbows open so that your body's in a relaxed posture, go ahead and take in a deep breath and exhale. Drop your awareness from your mind to your heart if you're not already there, and let's play. So I want you to visualize seeing a white daisy in your mind's eye as best you can. I want you to notice its yellow center. And I want you to see the diameter from one petal edge to the next petal edge as being about three inches across. Imagine reaching out your finger and feeling how soft the petals are. And now feel its yellow center. And bring it up to your intuitive nose and sniff it and see if you can sense an odor of any type. 
Yeah. Okay, good. I want you to imagine feeling its weight in your hand and see if you can sense what it might feel like. And now notice your own emotion towards the daisy, whatever emotion goes with it, how you feel about the daisy. And now, having created as clearly as you can this image of the daisy, I want you to imagine there's a door at your heart space that opens, and I want you to send the image of the daisy to rest upon the floor in front of you. See it resting there as best you can, and see if you can see it, sense your connection to the daisy. And now bring the daisy gently back into your heart space and see if you can feel it re-entering your body. Mm-hmm. And then send the daisy out to rest upon the wall across the way from you. And see if you can once again sense your connection to this daisy, which is just the thought. It's a thought form. Mm-hmm. And now rest it upon your lap and see if your legs or the energy field of your legs can sense the weight of the daisy. Mm-hmm. And then bring it back into your heart space and let the daisy fade away. And open up your eyes. All right, so how was that, Ellen? Fun. <laughs> Fun. Cool. Fun. What, what, what did you most notice? Fun and easy. And I, I think what surprised me the most was that I could smell the daisy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Excellent. So that for you helps you to see that your intuitive sense of smell actually is already on, okay, and most likely big, because a lot of people have trouble with the smelling the daisy. Some people Mm -hmm. say, well, daisies don't smell, which, of course, is their belief. But if you're using your higher-end level senses of smell and of your intuition, you're going to perceive something, okay? So Mm -hmm. your sense of smell is there. You were able to visualize it, so your sense of sight is there, okay? Your sense of, well, we didn't taste the daisy, so we're not sure about that one. Um, and we didn't hear anything from the daisy, probably, so our sense of words, not sure about that one. But feeling, could you feel its weight? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So feeling is there. So just something to notice. Now, when might we want to use images? We actually want to stop and take the time when we're in communication verbally with our animals and send them images or even movies. Okay, when we're trying to be very clear about relaying specific information. So if you got a new puppy and you wanted to potty train it quickly, instead of just going through all the body language stuff of every day, taking it out, same tree, pee and poo here, go inside, and doing the repetition in a physical way, which you could do to probably save yourself time and help that being to understand crystal clear what it is you want from the get-go to set yourselves both up for a shorter learning curve and ideally success, is actually close your eyes, call that new puppy dog's name in your mind, puppy, puppy. I want to show you what I'm seeking of you every day so that you can be successful at peeing and pooing outside all the time from here on mm-hmm. through, the, you know, through the rest of your life. 
And then you show them the movie, and you take them through, show them the movie of them sitting there and feeling the, ooh, I got a full bladder, and ooh, I got a full colon, and show the puppy doing everything successfully, going over to the door, doing a bark, or using their nose on bells, you know, to get your attention, you happily coming over, opening the door. Show them the entire sequence, beginning, middle, and end. End is what people tend to forget when they are showing visuals to animals. They tend to show beginning and middle, uh, you know, which is the important part for the person, which is peeing and eliminating outside. But they forget to show the praise and the let's happily go inside, and now you give this dog the sensation of feeling dry and empty both in their bladder and in their colon. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful also in training horses when in going to a veterinarian and explaining to the animal what's about to happen, vaccines, ultrasound, x-ray, coming home later that day or staying in the vet hospital uh, until they figure out through testing what's going on, blood tests. Um, you might want to use it for if you've got a cat who is crossing the road and you want to warn them, warn them of the dangers of a car. You know, when people say, can you tell my cat to stop going in the road? Okay, I educate the people in that moment and say, listen, just like I can't tell you uh, to stop doing this thing that you always do or this habit that you always do. I can't just tell your animal to do that, but we can certainly offer your animal some insight into what could happen if they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'll show their pet everything leading right up to getting hit by that car, their body going off, you know, or their, their body being thrown on the side of the road, their um, spirit going off to heaven, the people crying and feeling, you know, now that they feel separated from their pet because their pet has died. And, you know, and I'll say to the animal, I'm not showing this to scare you, but rather to educate you. This is what your people want to prevent. This is why they're asking you to stay out of the road. Okay. And then I want to show the animal where it's safe to be. I don't want to just show them negative. I want to show them, well, this is, this is you know, the, the negative that could happen, and here's the positive, playing with your people on the green grass, hanging out around the house, you know, base, things of that sort. Does that right. make sense? It makes a lot of sense. May, may I ask two questions? Yeah. One is I actually am getting a new puppy at the end of July. Okay. You know, he's with mother and brother and sisters right now. Mm-hmm. Would it be too soon? To begin this? Um, well, what I'm being told is you could tell him about how wonderful, you can do this in words, connect with him and tell him in words how wonderful it will be, how you and he will be together. He'll help you keep the floor of the house clean by eliminating outside. Sure, yeah, so yeah, you could. Um, what I'm being told by the universe is his mind is extremely young right now and he's not going to grasp all of it so, because um, yeah. I just see the neurons are not all... Uh, in place, um, is he very? What is he? What eight weeks? What is he? Oh, he'll be uh, he'll be eight weeks in two weeks. So he's really six weeks right now. He's six weeks right now. Okay, so that may be why. As he gets to be closer to eight, when I sense the puppy you've got in mind, six weeks, seven weeks. Wow, around nine weeks is when he's really going to be able to start grasping things. For him and him as an individual, it's going to be different from puppy to puppy, but yes, for him. Um, But it's certainly not going to hurt to offer him information in the beginning. But I see it not really sticking or doing too much until around nine weeks. Yeah, you know, as soon as the words are out of my mouth, i got to know. (laughs) Okay, right. So that's being aware of information that's in the energy field all around us. I ask questions like that all the time of situations. Go ahead. Got it. Okay. So another question. So one of my daughters has a fairly young male husky, Mishka, 
who will not share toys with the older dog, Alina. Mm -hmm. And she asked me if I could talk to Mishka and get him to share the toys. Mm -hmm. And so I'm listening to you with this exercise, and I can see with a cat, we could say that the bad consequence is getting hit by the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm having trouble thinking of what I could show Mishka as a reason to share toys. Well, in a situation like that, the first place as a communicator, you always want to start regardless of where the person wants you to go, okay, and that's key, Mm -hmm. is, Mishka, why aren't you sharing your toys? And go in in from a neutral standpoint. Don't go in from the standpoint of, we want you to share your toys, because she can feel that, oh, you don't really want to hear my answer because you've already got an agenda on what you want me to do. So start from the most open space. Why, why aren't you sharing your toys? I'm really curious about this, Misha. What's going on? And she'll tell you. She might tell you in a simple sentence, and it might be a one-sentencer, and she might give you a whole big dialogue. That's, that's far bigger than what you would expect. But listen to it all. And then you could pre- present the, okay, thank you for that. I get that. I really hear you. And do you get that your people would really appreciate you sharing your toy with the other dog? What are your thoughts on that? So you're basically offering her new ideas and new information and always getting her feedback and input. That keeps her engaged in the conversation and allows you, the communicator, to hear where she stands at each baby step towards the direction you're really wanting her to go in, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So as far as a negative consequence, I mean, it's so different. It depends what her reason is. Um, these dogs, I mean, these animals can have so many different reasons. A lot of people think, oh, it's because they want it all themselves or they didn't have toys when they were a kid. I've heard that one a lot from people. You know, we we plaster these projections. That's called projection in the animal communication world. When we basically slap on a label or an idea about why an animal is doing what it's doing without getting the insight from the animal itself, that's projection because it may not be correct. It may be, may or may not be, but it's projection. I don't like projection because you're, it's like saying, um, oh, Ellen's learning animal communication because she, you know, wants to do this as a career someday and wants to earn money doing this. Okay, so that's that may or may not fit you, and, and that doesn't feel good to have a projection mm-hmm. plastered onto mm-hmm. and you, and they don't like it either. So discover uh-huh. where Misha okay. stands. And then, um, gosh, let me see. Universe, what, what is? I, I don't want to. I don't want to do a session with Misha, but what is appropriate to offer Ellen right here, right now? Well, I'm being told you need to discover first, and then it will actually naturally unravel as far as a new perspective that you can offer to her. Okay. Like it might actually be fun for you to share your toys with the other dog. And maybe you've never actually experienced the funness of what could actually, you know, that fun that could be for you without having engaged with that. Maybe you'll want to try that sometime. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. So it's important when we're sending images or movies to our animals to hone the image. If I tell you to imagine a lemon in your mind's eye, you know, and then I tell you make that image of the lemon clearer, Mm -hmm. can you do that? Yes. Yes, you can. 
good. So just make your images as clear as possible. Now, next logical question would be, well, Danielle, then how often do you spend time during a half an hour phone session with a client sending images? And it really depends on what it is we're talking about. If we're talking about, you know, food or toy sharing, or we're talking about, you know, cat going across the road, I'm probably going to spend a little bit of time. And honestly, it doesn't take more than, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds at most, if it's a very complex scenario I want to show them, to relay that to the animal. But generally, most of my conversations with the animals are happening more with a very quick single picture, back and forth, back and forth throughout the entire conversation, as well as with words. Um, the, okay. the smell, the mm -hmm. taste, and all that, you know, interweaves itself between that. But my point is, don't think that you need to spend the entire half an hour session doing all visuals to the animal. You're going to wear, wear yourself out and make yourself tired. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also want to mention that the neat thing is when we, when we say something to our animal friends, our bodies, our energy fields on some level are actually creating mental images for us on our behalf, which is awesome, that automatically flow with that information to the animal. Okay, That's without us purposely stopping to take the time to create those images. Um, I tell people when you are speaking to your pets, speak genuinely and clearly. And I tell them that not just because you can confuse the animal if you're not speaking genuinely and clearly, but also so that the images that get formed are also in alignment with your words. Got it. Uh -huh. okay. The humans kind of have a very interesting habit sometimes of saying one thing but thinking another, and mm -hmm. that is the ultimate confusion for an animal, ultimate confusion for a telepathic being. We humans can get away with it with other humans because, you know, we can kind of uh, coerce our body language to go along with our words, but then the second we walk away or turn our back, we're like muttering to ourselves under our breath or in our minds, I really didn't want to give her that object or I really don't want to go to that family reunion, but I said I'd go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah, need to I be in alignment. Myself all the time with the dogs. Let's go on a walk and then I go to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> Great example. So now you can say, let's go on a walk, but let me go to the bathroom first. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Okay. Do you have any questions on images? No, I do not. Okay. Then let's move into working with the turtles. So Franklin turtle and Oliver turtle, I sent you photos. Franklin's the bigger one. Both these turtles are the same age. They're 14 years old. Franklin and Oliver... Like would you like me to have these images up in front of me? Um, that's up to you. If you want okay. to communicate with them by having the photos in front of you because you feel that helps you, great. And if not, you don't need to. It's up to you. Okay. So they're both 14 years old. Yep. And Franklin and Oliver are both red-eared sliders, which is a common type of aquatic turtle. Uh-huh. They're both domestic. Both have been with me since they were each three years old. There is no blood relation between them. Oliver came to me a year after Franklin. Okay. Okay. So let's work with Franklin first. Now, we're not just sensing the energy field here. We're going to actually do communication. All right. So okay. go ahead, take a deep breath, close your eyes, drop down, and call Franklin's name a couple times in your head and then go silent and see if you can sense him sensing you. Yes, I got attention. 
Okay, great. And I verify with him, Franklin, are you aware? He's aware of me. Are you aware of Ellen? He says, yes, I knew she was coming. Okay, great. So now we can just enter the communication session. So in your mind, I want you to echo the question. And then just say out loud whatever intuitive impressions come your way. I'm not going to interrupt you in case there's a bit more information, like a second behind what you just say, but I'm going to write these down, and then I'll stop you at some point. So go ahead and ask Franklin to describe his personality. He's very intelligent. He's a creative turtle. He's um, well, he says he's connected to more than I would think he is. Good. And ask him for one more piece about himself. He likes to eat. <laughs> that he does. <laughs> Excellent. So, yes, this turtle likes to eat. He is very intelligent. Okay, people get that all the time. He's a very wise being. Yes, he's creative. Okay, good. This makes sense, and that's in alignment with the intelligence. Yes, he is connected to more than one would think he is. Absolutely. So go ahead and ask Franklin, what is his job or jobs in the home? not getting it. Okay. So when I don't get an answer to a question, I'll do one of two things. Typically, I'll start out with just repeating the question in case I miss the answer. So let's try that one first. Okay. I'm getting a sort of like protect slash love it. Okay, so protect slash love. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. So now I'm going to have you ask a follow-up question. Ask him, what does that mean? He creates, shall we say, an aura around it. Okay, it's around like what? What is the it? Like around the, the house itself. It's outside. Okay. If we All could right. see it, we would see it from outside, not inside. Okay. And he says you're correct. So yes, he does indeed do that. Good. Ask him, what is his job inside the home? I just keep hearing he eats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He does eat. Good. Ask him, what kind of work with the cats do you do? He loves her. He sits on her or part of her. 
and and the her is and any any anchors her. Okay, and who is the her? Is this Lyra? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So he does indeed do energy work with the cats, uh, Lyra included. Okay, certainly. So that's a piece of it. Good. So let's go to the food. He loves his food, and he loves the food question. So ask him what he likes to eat, and don't edit out whatever you hear, even if it's ridiculous or sounds ridiculous. Well, he says he wants nuts. Okay. But he eats green things, I assume vegetables. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. So what we humans will naturally do that, and I'm glad that came up, we get something from an animal, green things, and then we go to assumption. In animal communication, mm-hmm. assumption should not be ever a path that we really travel because we want to know firsthand what's true for that animal, and so we get it from them. So go back to him and say, green things, got that, thank you. Give me an example. What are these green things? I see grass. Okay. What else? Maybe a, um, I don't know if it's a cucumber or a zucchini. Okay. Okay, I do give him slices of cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Good. Ask him what else is green that she feeds you. Leafy. I Lettuce, chard, kale. Okay, so how did that come through? Did you get leafy from him? I saw leafy. Okay, good. And then to get the lettuce, chard, and kale... How did you? How did that come through? That was my mind in trying to interpret it for you. Aha. So to get interpretation, go back to what he gave you, Leafy, and say, what is this Leafy thing? Lettuce. Nice job. That's correct. Awesome. Now I'm pointing you that I'm pointing you out and I'm, I'm catching you as you do this because this is very common with students. Yeah. Because I uh-huh. want you to start to see the distinction of when you get real information from the animal and when you start letting your mind tack stuff on. Mhm. Mhm. Now there is a time and a place, yes, to tack stuff on to try to get a concept across to somebody, you know, who, you know, the listener who maybe is not getting it. You know, if I was to say, Leafy, gosh, you know, I don't know what Leafy is, you know, as the owner. I, I, I don't know. What, what is he talking about? Then as the communicator, you would want to go back to him. Or if you didn't already naturally do that yourself first time around, then go back to him and say, okay, what is this Leafy thing? Or you could say, you know, I really am not getting a word around Leafy, if, if that's what's true for you in that moment. But my sense is it's something like lettuce or kale or chard. I, I'm getting that. So I'm getting, in other words, a vegetable-type leaf versus a leaf, you know, like an oak leaf from a tree. And the person might say, oh, oh, yeah, I give him, in this case, lettuce all the time. Franklin gets lettuce just about every morning. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Great. So ask him what other kind of vegetables besides green leafy things do you like?
celery. Okay. All right. So I don't give him celery. Yeah, I feel wobbly about that. It's like a okay. that would that would be the interpretation. Okay. Good. Good. So good. That means you're becoming sensitive enough to sense what mm, doesn't seem to feel right. It feels wobbly. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I'm going to broaden the question. Take a deep breath, drop down, and ask him, what do you like to eat? I'm just not getting it. Okay. All right. No worries. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to switch questions, and then we'll come back okay. to that one. Ask him, what activities do you like to do? He likes to walk around without, you know, I, I out on the floor. Okay. So... I used to do that when I lived in New York three years ago, and what I found was he got so nervous and scared he'd go underneath furniture. Um, And I used to take him outside to walk on the grass, and he'd go hiding underneath bushes, and he was afraid. So when I ask him now, is there some new change in that, Frank Franklin? Do you like walking outside on the floor or on the ground? He says, I want to stretch my legs, Yes, and he does show me being outdoors, so he would, has a desire to that. When I ask, so would you feel comfortable doing that? He says, if you're right there, I'd like to try it again. Okay. All right. So okay. walking on the ground, give yourself credit for that. Animals' well, answers, just like humans' answers, will change over time. But I see what I'm doing, because really what I got was a feeling. Okay. And I guess we could say the feeling was of him stretching his limbs. I interpreted that as walking around. Okay, okay. Cool. So what you want to do to stay closest to the truth of what the animal is sharing is to relay exactly what you got to the person. Now, I know and you know that people like stories. We like things nice, neat, and tidy and strung together. Okay? Mm -hmm. With animal Mm -hmm. communication, you need to let go of that idea and be like, you know what? I get it as I get it, and I present it as it's presented to me. That will keep you closest to the truth of what the animal's saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's a different way of speaking. It really is. Because I felt it in my arms and legs. Good. And I yes. tried to give you the story. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. people have those expectations sometimes, but don't worry about it. As they hear how you do animal communication, they'll, they'll let go of that right away. So don't worry okay. about that. Okay. Okay, yeah. So he does want to stretch his legs. You're right, right on. Okay. So let's go back to the food question. This turtle, I'll tell you, loves a whole array of different types of fruits and vegetables and then the manufactured food that I give him from the store. So go back Mm -hmm. and ask him, what other types of foods do you like to eat? Okay, I'm seeing orange, and I'm trying not to think carrots. Um, 
So you're seeing orange. Ask him, what is this? It's an orange. Okay. So I don't give him any citrus fruits, but you're correct. That it is orange in color. He gets a couple different orangey things. Carrots actually is one of them. Okay. okay. The other one that's orangey is cantaloupe. Okay. It's that peachy mm -hmm. orange color. Okay. So I right. saw the squishy orange. Okay. There I went again. To no worries. The, yeah. this, is, this is how you figure out how things come through for you and everybody's process is different. This this is the figuring out process. This is normal. Okay. Okay. So ask him what other kind of fruits he likes. Berries. I, I see a, um, I don't know, a blue-black thing. Okay. It's squishy. Okay. So he does like some berries, and he dislikes certain others. So ask him, do you like strawberries? So I see him with a strawberry, mm -hmm. taking his head and putting it to the side. Okay. Ask him what that means. Later. <laughs> so now ask him, so do you eat strawberries later? He says, okay. <laughs> okay. So he loves strawberries. Mm -hmm. He does eat them. He does like them. He likes them now and he likes them later. He will actually eat them any time I offer them. <laughs> okay, good. So he does not like, let's see, he does not like blueberries, so that's in the berry area. Um, oh, this might have been in your orangey, well, kind of pinky. He he likes watermelon, the pinkness of the watermelon, no seeds, of course. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Ask him, do you like to eat live earthworms. Oh, yeah. Good. How'd that come through? Uh, so it's a word and a feeling in the, the thymus above my heart. Okay. I want you to go back to that moment he told you, I like earthworms, and I want you to feel the feeling. Now, you could focus on any of the other channels of how it came through, but I want you to feel the excitement, feel the, however it came through for you. When he yeah, liked. excitement. Okay, excitement. I want you to feel that from mm -hmm. him. Now, the, did a, did, so a word came through as well? What word came through? Oh, yeah. Okay, I want you to go back to that moment he told you, oh, yeah, and, and really observe that moment a bit more. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. 
So what I'm having you do is having you slow down the process, just in this, this exercise, this momentary exercise, of feeling what it's like to be a witness to that particular bit of information that comes through that particular channel. This is a way of strengthening those channels. Yeah, I, I see it. what I'm working with here, Danielle, is I get the feelings, uh-huh. and, and then I'm very fast to let my mind come in and figure out what to say. Okay, common. And and the suggestion I'll be offer you is sit with it a bit longer. Let it end. Okay, oftentimes we, in the beginning, as beginners, we get information or we get, like you're saying, a feeling. And then, you know, yes, we'll rush to say to the communicator or, you know, let our mind come in. Okay, we'll go on to the next thing, in other words. Instead, I mm-hmm. want you to let, let it sit a bit longer, a hair longer than is necessary, to see if there's anything else that may unravel within it. And there may not. Sometimes that's all there is. Okay, but you won't know until you sit with it a hair longer. Okay, that will help you learn patience before you go on to the next thing. Very good. Okay. Now, he also loves bananas, but I want you, now I'm telling you that, and you're going to have people say, oh, my, my animal does this, they do that, and that's the person's perspective. My perspective is, based on observation, Franklin loves bananas. Now, I want you to see if that's really true for Franklin. Get it from his point of view. Go to Franklin and say, hey, how do you feel about bananas? Yeah, he pretty much really likes them. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. Good. He also, if you sit with that longer... Also attached to that bit of information, as I was sitting there with you, hearing the same bit you're getting, feeling the same bit, I also perceive that he loves the me giving him, giving them to him, handing them to him. He he loves that action and the love behind it, not just mm-hmm. the banana itself, but the whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right, so let's talk about these live earthworms. So when it rains, I go outside to get live earthworms. And I do one of these two things, which I'll have you find out from him. Does he prefer that I dangle the live earthworm above the water so he can swim over and take it directly from from my hand? Or does he prefer that I drop the live earthworm in, which it sinks to the bottom, and he goes and gets on his own? He's very clear on which he prefers. He likes to get it from the bottom. Okay, it's actually the opposite. He oh, loves it when I dangle it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. No worries. All right. So let's go ahead and ask him, how do I clean your shell? Oh, he does like it. He likes, well, he likes being touched. I don't know if he likes cleaning or not, but he likes being touched. Okay. So let's see. So with, um... It's a cloth. Okay. I sometimes use a cloth. Good. It's a soft thing. Mm-hmm. Cloth is always soft. Yep. It's either a piece of cloth, fabric, you know, terry cow, you know, old terry cow or washcloth, or mm-hmm. I'll use paper towels sometimes. Good. Anything else that comes through with that one?
Okay, so there's I, I see drops on his shell. So okay. my mind is interpreting it as a spray. Okay. So instead of letting your mind interpret, I want you to take a step back. What what is something that you could do as a communicator to find out straightforward, straight hand, what those drops are about? I could ask him. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's a sense of um, they land on him. Somehow, liquid droplets land on him. Okay, good. So my process of cleaning him, I'll either use the soft cloth, cloth, or I also will use a, a turtle toothbrush. It's, it's just an old toothbrush of mine that is designated <laughs> for the turtles only. And uh -huh. I will hold him above his freshly new clean tank water, and I will, you know, clean the shell while I hold him in one hand and do this activity. And then I dip him to get the water back on. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's the water spraying onto the shell. And then I lift mm -hmm. him up and I continue the process of cleaning. So I do the dip thing a couple times. Okay. Okay. So ask him what he doesn't like done to him. I'm getting this sensation. It's it's like sort of it's not my right breast, but that area. Like okay. Maybe maybe his bottom shell. Okay. So ask him what is this information about? I'm not sure he feels very good there right now. Okay, so let me check in with him. Are you mentioning something about your underside of your shell? He tells me no. Are you mentioning something that she's misinterpreting as that? He says it's about my body. He, I am telling you something about my body. So go back to the original question. And mm -hmm. my sense is he'll present the same bit of information, but in a different way. So what does he not like done to him? I'm sensing something that might be up in the air. Okay. Sh shall ask I say him, So ask him, do you like to be held above the water in the air? I don't think so. Okay, good. I don't think so is correct. So no, he does not like that. He feels very uh -huh. insecure. Uh-huh. Turtles aren't supposed to fly is what he tells me right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I put that in there somewhere. There was a sensation of being held up in the air. Mm -hmm. 
Good, good. So what you'll find, Ellen, is as we beginners begin this work, we get pieces of information generally. And as we continue to practice, more of the information starts to unfold and we get more and more and things make sense a bit bit more, a bit better. (laughs) So um, the pieces is right where the average student starts, okay? So you are right in sync with where you're supposed to be. Well, good. That's encouraging. I (laughs) I don't feel like I'm doing very well today. No, this this is normal. This is this is your first communic first you know formal communication session with an animal, and you're you're how old living on the planet, and you've not done this before. So give yourself room to be that beginning student learning Japanese for the first time, or that yeah. that young child falling off the bike. Okay, and you okay. get back on and you try it again. So okay. you actually are on the bike, and there's times you're falling off the bike, and you learn how to do this word work through the distinction of both experiences. Both are valuable. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. So let's go ahead and thank Franklin. We we did go a bit beyond time, but I did want to get more questions in for him. So thank you, Franklin. And we may work with Franklin or Oliver. I'll just have to read how the energy is uh, next um, Thursday when I send you the photos. And I'll just trust that we need to go in that direction. And if not, it'll be with a different animal. The last closing thought I want to leave you with, though, is when you're communicating with the animals, you don't have to know anything about that particular species to communicate about communicate with them. For instance, you may not know a thing about aquatic turtles, and that's awesome. You know, I have a client in the U.K. who's got meerkats. I, quite honestly, other than watching, I think, one episode of Meerkat Manor with the wild ones, I don't know squat about domestic meerkats and yet I was able to communicate with them. And you you just listen. You ask the questions and you listen. They know about themselves. You don't need to know about them. You just relay. Okay. 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 Some people have the false idea they need to know about the species before they can communicate with it, and that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, I thank you. And I I don't actually think I hold that belief. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. But but always good to have it brought to the surface. <laughs> awesome. So also, if you wanted to do some sort of practice, uh, let's see, what did I write down for you? I have all these, these notes on your, your particular training custom made for you. So um, I would suggest if you want to do some practice, practice with your own animals or wild animals. Or if you want to work with Franklin again, you totally have my express permission to do so. He's okay with it as well. He loves working with students. And, you know, just ask them questions about themselves, you know. And with your own animals, you might think in the back of your head, yeah, but I already knew that. You know, don't worry about that. They're telling you about who they are in that moment. And animals and people can change. And if you don't have hold certain strict beliefs about who they are based on what you've seen them do in the past, then you won't trip yourself up and you'll actually be able to hear whatever it is they have to say in that moment. Okay. So I want you to practice the skill of listening. Not worry about if you're right or wrong. You're not going to, you know, you don't need feedback from me even if you work with Franklin or with your own animals. Don't worry about the feedback part. Practice the art of listening. Okay. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Do you have any questions? Um, I don't believe I do. Thank you. 
You are welcome. Thank and we'll again. connect again on Friday. And yeah, that the part or the option on one option to do uh week one and week two homework. If you get to it, great. You can always backtrack on those. You know, you could send me week one and two this week if you wanted or whenever it works for you. Okay. Okay, good. Thank you, Danielle. Have <laughs> You're a welcome. Enjoy your week. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.